Hello and welcome back to Tate 97, a film podcast with me, your host, David Ingram. Today's episode, I should be doing a bit of a film off for you today, so I'm going to be doing a comparing and contrasting episode, a bit of film analysis for you, kind of, rather than just doing a simple recommendations episode, or doing one film, in fact. So today I'm going to be looking at two films, musical biopics, dramas, whatever you want to call them, based around popular artists of the 20th century into the 21st century, particularly, so one is a rock group, and then the other is a famous pop star. Both of these films have a connection in Dexter Fletcher, who directed one of the films, and he directed the last third or so of the other film. As you can tell from the, now the films I'm talking about, as you can see from the episode title, are based from Queen and Elton John, so that is Bohemian Rhapsody, the 2018 film which follows the success and rise and fall of Queen and then we also have the 2019 film Rocketman which charters the life of Elton John, the pop star, singer, songwriter. But now let's get back to the main point of this episode, Queen versus Elton John. Now personally, I love a bit of Queen. Queen's music is, I don't know, cathartic, celebratory, euphoric, like it's just such a great catalogue of songs. I mean, obviously everyone has their favourites. I personally, Bohemian Rhapsody is a great song, which the film is named after, and sort of is the landmark song that people know Queen for. But Crazy Little Thing About Love, uh, You're My Best Friend, which doesn't really feature in the film as such, but I like that one. And We Are The Champions, ultimately, as well as one of my ultimate favourite songs. And Hammer To Fall is a new one that I've sort of learnt to love as well, because of the film, actually. And then Rocket Man with Elton John, I'm Still Standing, Your Song, Goodbye Yellow Brick Road, absolutely, Rocket Man itself, again. The film title is inspired by an actual song written by the artist. But my music tastes aside, and I kind of am torn because I love... Both of the films for different reasons, but there is definitely one film which comes out on top for me compared to the other. And it's not just because of the behind-scenes tensions on one of them and the other one seeming a little bit more easygoing, as it were. But I would say I'll give you a quick rundown of what each of the films are about. So Bohemian Rhapsody is about, like I said, the band Queen. So that's Freddie Mercury, Roger Taylor, John Deacon and Brian May. These are the four key members of Queen. The story follows them and how they come to be very quickly from the get-go. It follows the recording process of how they made their Night at the Opera album with Bohemian Rhapsody specifically. It follows their tension between the band members, so from the 1970s, from their inception all the way up to the 80s, up to the pivotal moment in the film, which is a great set piece as well, which is one of my highlights of the film anyway, and probably the highlight that most people pick out, is the recreation of the Live Aid concert from 1985, which ultimately serves as the culmination of everything that's happened in the film to conclude it. And we get to explore the issues of Freddie Mercury's battle with AIDS, and the message at the end of the film indicates you know, what happened to Freddie after the events of the film, because the film doesn't end with at the end of Freddie's life. It ends on a high note, as it were. And I'll come back to that a little bit later about why I think that was a good idea. Then we have Rocket Man. In short, it is about Elton John. And it takes us up to, I think it's a point in the 1990s, I want to say, possibly. But the, the facts aren't 100% true or correct for some things in either of these films. But it charters Elton John's career from an early age as a boy all the way up to roughly just before 
the present day before he comes back after a spout of rehab and that the film itself is framed within this storytelling device that we start off with him going to rehab and trying to sort himself out going to this AA style meeting this Alcoholics Anonymous style meeting in this big circle and then music ensues and we go back in time and we explore what led Elton to be in that room with all those people talking about his feelings and talking about what went wrong and that's how the film is framed the film is much more of a musical fantasy in my opinion than Bohemian Rhapsody ever will be but again I'll get back to that in just a minute but Elton John we see him his addiction to drugs drink the rock and roll lifestyle of a pop star and a famous celebrity who performs songs that most people will still to this day know and love for different reasons and Elton John's songs have been featured on countless soundtracks for different reasons different versions his own versions as well and the same can be said for Queen as well but ultimately we see this rise and fall of Elton John and then rise again and it's the same with Queen and this is going to lead me on to my next point of the episode really so and I just want to bring up who stars in each film. So Bohemian Rhapsody, we have the likes of Rami Malek playing Freddie Mercury. Does a great job as that. Uh, he looks really, like the way the makeup's been done and the way he looks. He's not exactly Freddie Mercury, but he looks pretty, fairly decent and spot on. Mostly in the Live Aid, the 80s sections with the moustache. So I'd say they got that pretty right on the mark there but he does a very mesmerizing performance as freddie mercury and then we got the likes of ben hardy who some people if you remember my pixie episode he starred in the film pixie the crime heist thriller irish comedy uh, he stars as the drummer roger taylor then we've got brian may the infamous brian may with a big massive amounts of hair he's always had that hair uh, played by quillam lee who some people, if you're into your British people or anybody overseas who's into Midsummer Murders, he stars as one of the detective sergeants. And he's done a couple of other bits and pieces here and there as well. He's starting to get further afield with this. But I think he does a really good job. I think out of the four of them, he is probably even better than Rami Malek at portraying the person that they're meant to be compared to the original person. I mean, Rami Malek's performances stand out. But I would say Gwimlin Lee, he is very much a very good actor in this respect and considering he started life on a few smaller productions and a tv detective cozy crime show i think that he does a fantastic job of portraying brian may and then finally we finish off with john deacon who's played by joe mazello who for anyone who's a fan of jurassic park he is the boy he is one of the kids from jurassic park so all grown up and i think actually he looks quite close to john deacon as well quite similar in the way like, they managed to get him with the because he had different hairstyles as well throughout this entire film and all the decades and i think the costume department on this did a really good job of portraying the era even though the 80s 70s and 80s isn't really period it's the same for rocket man it's not period in the sense that it's 1800s all all sophisticated aristocrats and stuff like that it's very much a case of something that's not long happened it's within living memory for a lot of people but at the same time it's not exactly present day for people like me for instance and then rocket man another point for the people who star in it uh, taron edgerton plays i mentioned him on a previous episode as well he's from the kingsman franchise he's been in so many different films recently eddie the eagle he's a real honestly rising star he's a really good talent but particularly I remembered him for the Kingsman films and he stars as Elton John in this film and he goes through massive transformation with for the hairline and different eras of 
Elton John's career from the hair that looks like it's all covered and then the receding hairline slowly, slowly, slowly going backwards. And he just really encapsulates the flamboyance and the showmanship of Elton John, I think, in my opinion, especially when we get to the later scenes where he goes really over the top and dresses up in all these strange fancy dress costumes and such for his shows and such. Anyone who's a fan of the BBC TV series The Bodyguard, Richard Madden, he's in there. He plays a ma- one of, well, kind of a manager, the manager of Elton John at one point, but part-time lover as well at some point. We see this collection of characters. I would say, obviously, Bohemian Rhapsody is much more... It is the story of Freddie Mercury and his battle with his sexuality, battle with AIDS as we get on into the film as well, battle amongst the band as well. We see much more of the band as a whole, as well as it being a story about Freddie Mercury. The film is called Bohemian Rhapsody, which is an effort on all four of the members of the band. And at the end of the day, Rocket Man is about one single person. So whilst there's a lot of names I could mention in Rocket Man, lots of little moments and such, like the, the wife of Elton John, who barely comes in, she's like in and out in a flash. We've got the producers the and the record label who at one point is actually different portrayals really actually in my opinion. And there's lots of names I could mention in Rocket Man really. I mean I'll just name I'll name a couple. Obviously there's Taron Egerton as Elton John himself. You've got Jamie Bell as Bernie Taupin, the songwriter, so he actually wrote the lyrics for a lot of Elton John's songs, whilst Elton John did the music side of things and actually put the tunes to the words that Bernie Taupin came up with. Uh, he played, He's played by Jamie Bell, like I said. Now, if anybody knows Jamie Bell, you will know him most prominently. If you look really closely, you probably won't see it straight away. I didn't, to be honest. But Jamie Bell is actually all grown up now, and he was the lad at the time, the boy who played Billy Elliot in the 2000 film Billy Elliot with Julie Walters. It's just kind of nice to see Jamie Bell making a return to some sort of musical affinity then, going back to Billy Elliot that has now become a big massive hit in terms of a musical version, as well as obviously the soundtrack that accompanied the film itself. I did mention Richard Madden plays a character, he plays John Reed, the infamous record producer who actually appears in both films. He's Scottish in both of them. If anyone loves The Bodyguard, then, like I said, Richard Madden, you can watch him in this. Uh, He plays the lover of Elton John, but he's also the manager at one point of Queen. And just, I I don't know, he's really interested to see there's two different portrayals of John Reed. There's the really horrible, mean, cruel lover of Elton John, who's really harsh and horrible and kind of acts as the drug that sends Elton down this spiralling road of depression, drugs, drink and alcohol, all that stuff. And he is portrayed as a much nicer person in Bohemian Rhapsody as being someone who's very much in the band's corner. He leaves after a disagreement with Freddie Mercury, but that's not exactly how it happened in real life. Something else I'll come back to in just a moment. John Reed in Rocket Man is very much sadistic and horrible and nasty. And you could argue that that's because... Elton John had a different experience with him altogether and he was very it's a very subjective point of view then of John Reed and he's meant to be this really hunky guy that's really cool sophisticated and really out there and he's there he's in Elton's life and he's a lover whereas in Bohemian Rhapsody John Reed is very much a supporting character so like I said Richard Madden plays him in Rocket Man and then Aidan Gillen plays John Reed in 
Bohemian Rhapsody, a much nicer version of him. I find it very strange that there's two different versions. You can read lots into that, obviously, of how crucial a role he is in Bohemian Rhapsody, in the, the history of Queen, or whether he was just a lot more crucial to Elton John's story than Queen ever were. But then again, he's quite present throughout the entire film of Bohemian Rhapsody, or at least a good two-thirds of it. But the rest of the cast of Rocket Man, just to finish off, really, uh, we've got the likes of Gemma Jones, British talent. You might know her from Bridget Jones, really good in that one. Bryce Dallas Howard, who directed some of the, or one or two episodes of The Mandalorian. She plays in this Elton John's mother, Sheila Dwight. She started off in Call the Midwife on BBC, as well as a few other little productions before she got big and become more into directing and such. But yeah, she does a nice little bit role here in the beginnings of Elton John of his childhood. And a little shout out to the little boy Kit Connor who plays child version and adolescent versions of uh, Reg Dwight or Reggie Dwight who is Elton John before he becomes Elton John. I'm going to start off with the things that I noticed upon first re- reaction to the films. Bohemian Rhapsody is a big powerhouse of a film. I saw it, I saw both these films actually in a cinema. I saw them on a cinema screen and I think it was good that I did because they really do react well to being on a big screen. Bohemian Rhapsody more so for the big crowd scenes and the rock and roll band scenes in front of a live audience in a concert scenario, specifically the Live Aid set piece, which is at the end of the film. And Rocket Man, you get that same impression as well. But then again, I think Rocket Man, it's the over-the-top style that really mixes well with the nature of being watched on a big screen. But the one thing I do notice, Bohemian Rhapsody does try so, so very hard to be a serious, dramatic portrayal of Freddie Mercury and the band Queen and their rise to fame and and a little bit of their downfall. But unfortunately, whoever wrote the script for this, I can't remember the name of the person that actually wrote the script, but the problem with Bohemian Rhapsody is it tries to be too much of a factual piece of drama. Like, everything, like I keep saying about all things that are based on real life, They've got creative licensing, so I'm not saying everything's going to be 100% like it was when it happened in real life back in the time that this happened. But the thing is with Bohemian Rhapsody, it sets itself up as being very much a serious, dramatic piece that happens to be about the band Queen and a celebration of their music. Now, I don't really... I'm not into seeing the band or music artists coming up with songs it's quite a boring process and i know you can make it more exciting every time you know you cut footage together of them doing things in a montage of oh this is how we're going to add the sound for this bit in and you know it's not a very exciting process to watch regardless of how well you make it it's not exciting at all and that's you know there's a good portion of the film that's dedicated to them writing that album and recording the album of night at the opera which features bohemian rhapsody And the film itself overall, I think it tries to take itself too seriously. It goes from one scene to another, very effortlessly, but at the same time you get this sense of, oh, I don't know, it's kind of too serious then. And I think overall, Bohemian Rhapsody is quite, like, whilst I say I enjoyed it, if you want lots of factual evidence and information about Queen, and you want to watch an honest depiction of them... I don't think you should watch Bohemian Rhapsody with that kind of mindset. Bohemian Rhapsody goes into this heavy mindset of serious musical biopic, and we see issues of the AIDS crisis brought up towards the end of the film because Freddie Mercury contracted and died of AIDS, but we also see tensions between the band. It's very much a film about the drama of what happens in bands, in rock groups. 
and it follows too many tropes of the musical biopic where you have to they look to each other across the room and they join together as a band and it just also magically happened like that they met one night and then that was it they continued there's so many historical inaccuracies which if you look into them you might not enjoy bohemia rhapsody at all i still only just about enjoy it because of the music but i would say that bohemia rhapsody it kind of kicks itself in the face really because you see for instance the opening where freddie goes to this bar and there's the band smile which is what queen was originally called the lead singer leaves and freddie mercury joins as their lead singer and then all of a sudden john deacon comes on as the bassist john deacon was actually the fourth bassist of queen or so he was not the first ever bass or original bassist he was one of a couple and the same can be said for the differences in relationship between freddie and the band like freddie knew a lot of them i think he knew roger taylor at some point he a load of them knew each other through university through school through college they knew each other whereas this looks like they've met for the first time in a bar lead singer quits oh i can solve your problem simple it wasn't as easy as that the fact that they knew each other before whereas this claims that they didn't even know who each other were before other than the ones that were in the band and then obviously like i said the recording process is quite laborious and it takes it there's other factual inconsistencies here and there there's the song we will rock you oh, it's such a cheesy moment where they're like oh how do we come up with a song and you see them work out the beat of bum bum shh. and it's just kind of it's a bit deadpan it's a bit slow you could have cut that out you didn't need that and then it's meant to be in the 1980s whereas we will rock you was actually written and released in the 70s 1977 that that song came out whereas it's made out that it came out in the 80s the same can be said for there's a concert that happens in rio in brazil that's shown on the tv and you hear this recording of freddie singing um love of my life that did not happen that concert did not happen until i think it's 1986 didn't happen until after live aid so they've jigged about with the timeline of events which at the same time can be said for the likes of rocket man and I bring Rocket Man into this because Rocket Man, it admits that it's a musical fantasy drama. When it was released, the press for this, it was actually labelled as a fantasy, a musical fantasy from the mind of Elton John based on his life. And I think because you have that open admission from the beginning, you understand that this isn't going to be 100% factual. Yes, there aren't going to be exact dates and things that we're going to stick to. It's only going to be roughly correct. There's only going to be a few things that will be absolutely 100% true, or at least in the eyes of Elton John's personal subjective experience. Whereas Bohemian Rhapsody, it's directed by Brian Singer for like two thirds of the film before he got fired off of the production because of his bad behavior and other things that were rumored to have happened, particularly conflicts within the cast and with the likes of Rami Malek apparently as well, and Tom Hollander, actors on the set who clashed with him and then he was eventually fired and we brought in Dexter Fletcher to finish the film uh, oversee the editing process and do the last bit of filming even though Brian Singer really ridiculously gets the main credit I mean I understand because he directed and cast most of the film and Dexter Fletcher only came in to finish the job off but Dexter Fletcher did get executive producer credit on that but he did get to direct Rocket Man and I think even though Brian Singer is the guy behind the majority of Bohemian Rhapsody, you can see quite a lot of similarities between the two films. The non-consistency in historical moments you can see, but I think you, Rocketman gets away with it a little bit more because of the fact that it's openly a musical fantasy and it's not meant to be 100% accurate, whereas Bohemian Rhapsody tries too hard, too hard to be serious. But I, I'm going to segue more into 
like similarities then. So one scene which particularly I like, the film opens with Somebody to Love by Queen and it opens with this montage of the band and everyone getting ready for Live Aid in 1985 and we see the band, we don't see their faces, we just see sort of like the bottom halves of them and we see the backs of their heads and they're getting ready to go out on stage for the Live Aid gig. So, and that is the end of the film, that's part of the ending of Bohemian Rhapsody. And we go back in time to see where things started before they get to that moment in the film and in the timeline of events. The same is in Rocket Man as well. Rocket Man, we get Elton entering rehab at a later point in his life and he sits down, talks to this group. He's dressed in this flamboyant outfit, this little devil costume type thing from a concert, which we don't really know where it is at one point. We just assume it's him coming from any old gig. But he comes down, he sits in the group, and I think it's Sharon D. Clark, I want to say, is the actress who's the lead of this support group. And she goes, what, what was your childhood like, Elton? And then we go back in time and we see this kid as a young Elton John and we go into this musical extravaganza where we go back in time to the 19... I think it's the 1950s, 1960s, I want to say, possibly, where we see him as a child and him with all these people in period clothes and dressing up in such a flamboyant musical way and they're all singing along to the bitch's back. And it's kind of funny because it's very tongue-in-cheek. You see little Elton having a go at older Elton and from that point on, the, the support group, literally, they're there in the background and they disappear and they fade out. And we go back in time and we start the story from there and we don't make it back to this support group setting properly anyway until the end of the film and we actually see how he gets there because we do flick back and forth between Elton describing what's going on in his life and talking about the issues in his complicated family history and love life and relationship with drink, drugs, sex and rock and roll and all that. But we get this sense of cyclical nature in both the films that we live aid is the pinnacle it's the point that we're leading up to for queen and the rehab center is the area that we're heading for with elton john and that's why i think they're quite similar films because they do that similar nature so we start off at one point and we go back in time to discover how the person persons they end up where they are at that point in the beginning of the film and so obviously you then get emotionally attached and you realise why things have happened the way they had. Now, with Queen, we get a little bit more of a detailed, more emotional journey, because it's meant to be a drama. And like I said, it takes itself way too seriously, but we get the likes of Lucy Boynton playing Mary Austin, the famous girlfriend, fiancé, and muse of Freddie Mercury. Even though he very much was into men, he was with her for the longest time because he wanted to be, and he genuinely loved her. And obviously there's lots of controversy around did he really love her, that kind of thing? Were they still friends after so long? And another thing that both these films have in common is that they follow stories of men who are conflicted by their sexuality and also then coming to terms with their sexuality. Some are a little bit more... I, I would... I don't know. I think with Elton, it's kind of more of a case of he comes to terms with his sexuality a little bit quicker in Rocket Man than Freddie Mercury does in Bohemian Rhapsody. Bohemian Rhapsody... Yes, he's get he's a gay man, but at the same time, he still holds on to Lucy Boynton's character of Mary Austin. Whereas Elton, we see that moment where we're introduced to the fact that he likes men and he's into men at the beginning of the film. He fancies Bernie Taupin and he feels really close to his good friend. And they sort of get over that quite quickly, which is quite nice. You know, they show 
a mutual respect for each other. And then he sort of goes back into it as he sort of tries to fit in, I suppose, trying to live up to his parents' expectations. He ends up marrying this woman, Renata, who's a sound engineer at one of his recording studios. And the marriage is a sham. It doesn't end very well. As If anyone knows their history about Elton John, you will know that it doesn't end very well. It ends in divorce and they part their separate ways. So we get to see these two complicated love stories of these men who really they don't really love who they say they do originally and they discover themselves and at the end of the day that is the journey of both these films a journey of self-discovery and whilst bohemian wraps the ops for the more dramatic side of things rocket man there's emotion in there but the fantasy heightens everything and it makes everything a little bit more i don't know believable even though it isn't believable because of the fantastical nature like for instance one of the highlights for me is the moments where rocket man embraces fantasy so crocodile rock which is played at the troubadour club over in in the america where he has a moment where he goes la 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 and he he floats he literally floats up into the air like because there is a picture of him with his legs up in the air but this is taking it to a new fantasy level where it actually happened because of some magic force or whatever in his mind and everything's in slow motion everyone's slow motion in the air and then it the beat drops and like from the piano and he drops down and everything comes back to a really energetic high and the other one as well is where we have pinball wizard which is a really interesting way to do a montage of different concerts that elton john's been to he has all these different outfits on which we see from his famous career which in the credits actually is really cool actually we get to compare the real life outfits to the moments from the film of the actual elton john we get to see that they were actually really outfits that he wore and costumes that he indulged in in the ultimate fantasy and then the other fantasy moments as well is when he sings rocket man where he's paraded around he drowns in a pool nearly and everything's in slow motion little young him is singing to him and he ends up being carried around put on an iv trip and then dosed up and drugged up ready to go on stage at the famous baseball themed outfit that he wears in the concert which i don't think there's any footage of really as such of him or very rare footage there's pictures but not footage of him but the fact they recreated him in this baseball outfit and he hits this baseball out into the park into this massive stage and then he goes up like a rocket he literally goes up like a rocket man and then in a puff of smoke he ends up in this private jet where he ends up having a conversation with bernie about way things are going and bernie decides to ultimately part ways with him because he thinks elton's becoming stubborn whereas bohemian rhapsody very much focuses on the dramatic side of things and the internal i think everything's done really artsy and you focus on freddie's face and how tired he is and that's where the cinematic language comes in and makes him seem a little bit more i don't know zoned out and in another reality whereas elton john's story in rocket man is taken to a whole new level where we have montages which split around so quickly that you can move between scenes so fluidly bohemian rhapsody it goes very chronologically even though there's incorrect historical moments in the film we get this sense of more fun and enjoyment out of rocket man than we ever do in bohemian rhapsody because it doesn't take itself seriously even though the film is a warts and all depiction of the issues that elton john has faced and elton john naturally because he's executive produced it he's not going to say anything too deflammatory but at the same time you feel like with queen they said way too much positive stuff in the film i think they did address some issues in the band that might have happened and some tensions that happened during their time as the probably one of the most famous rock groups of all time when they were performing live concerts and recording albums but i do think that 
because only two of them are still alive, they're naturally going to gloss over some bits that they don't want to discuss, things that they don't believe would be in Freddy's interest and in their interest, and they just want to make things look good. But at the same time, they do address some issues, obviously, little moments where Freddy was a little bit more crash and a little bit more against being a team player and wanting to go off on his own and do his solo bits. But then it's the problem I mentioned earlier, Bohemian Rhapsody goes up for the traditional musical biopic route where we have to see them meet conveniently. They have to move through like a, a rise and fall, a traditional rise and fall where they have to go up and then they fall, they split apart and then they come back together for one final hurrah. I love, personally, the Live Aid sequence. It's a brilliant set piece, but I do think that, because they use it as a reunion piece, they use it to reunite the band after they'd fallen out and they'd all gone their separate ways, or at least Freddie had. In truth, they went their own separate ways, but they still stayed together. And at the time of Live Aid, they'd been touring, they'd recorded a an album together they weren't split up so it's not exactly 100% true that the Live Aid gig was the saviour of their career and that's how they went on to make more music before Freddie sadly passed away it isn't true at all I think because of the way the story works the people who wrote the screenplay they wanted that natural ending on a high note because I think if they ended the film with Freddie dying it would have been quite a somber very downbeat kind of film and I don't think that's what they wanted the audience to have as a lasting impression of Freddie Mercury by the end of the film. They wanted to remember him as a magnificent, fantastic performer in an iconic rock band that is Queen. And that's why they did the Live Aid sequence as the final bit. So we started off at the beginning with it, and then we come back to the end, because we've seen how they got to this point. They perform the set list from Live Aid. Now, they did cut out a couple of songs, Crazy Little Thing Called Love, and uh, a couple of other bits and pe uh, and one other little bit. I think it was um, We Will Rock You as well in the film version, but there is an, an extended whole recorded version of the entire set, which they did do for the Blu-ray DVD release. They actually included it as a separate bonus feature, which is very interesting to watch. But the version that we end up with, uh, besides the fact that they've omitted a couple of songs, it is pretty much a very good recreation of the actual Live Aid set. Because you watch, uh, somebody online, I can't remember the person's name, lots of people have done it already, but they've put a side-by-side -side comparison with the film version of Live Aid and then the actual live aid that was performed back in 1985 and it's actually quite quite spooky how realistic that the recreation has gone the movements that they've done rami malik's performance as freddie mercury the movement i know they had a movement coach on board to really study how he could move but everybody got like little sort of quirks in it you know the set of the whole live aid stage obviously the crowd was largely cgi'd because of there was only about 20 people in the crowd and they mass crowd produced what would have been the original Wembley Stadium. The thing is with this though, you get to see on the stage, it's such a recreation of an iconic stage. It's very much a case of paying tribute to something that's so iconic that lots of people remember and that there's actually visual evidence for. Visual evidence that you cannot escape every day just seeing how, you know, similar things look. And that is done not just by the production design of the stage. You get the movements and it's very creepy and scary how alike the movements are. Like, in Rocket Man, you get moments which are the costumes and certain set pieces which are recreated to look like the actual moments from Elton John's career. But at the same time, you don't actually get that moment of, oh my god, he looks so much like, that's just like that performance, just like that final performance he did in that 
particular tour. It's not the same effect because Elton John's Rocket Man is very much a tribute to all the happy times of Elton John as well as being a warts and all approach. Bohemian Rhapsody's probably only defining feature in my opinion is the Live Aid sequence and Rami Malek's sort of portrayal is decent but the script's a bit flimsy here and there. Whereas Rocket Man, it lets itself go. You've got this really fun piece of cinema which indulges in all the theatricality that Elton John himself loves. And I think Taron Egerton does a brilliant performance. I wouldn't want to say Taron Egerton and Rami Malek are on the same level. Two separate icons of the stage of music. And to me, I think the story flows much better with Rocket Man, in my opinion. And I think that's really down to the fact that Dexter Fletcher was on board for the entire thing. Brian Singer not being involved for the last third in the editing stage of the film, of Bohemian Rhapsody, I do think kind of, it did affect it. And whilst it's a very elating moment, Live Aid, I can't just let one sequence sort of stand up as a, oh yeah, you got to watch the whole film just to see that bit. Because actually, if you, you could probably watch the whole thing, I think it's been put online or... If you have bought the DVD Blu-ray release, then you'll be able to watch that separate section just on its own of the Live Aid sequence in full as the recreation. But the film, the other thing, the last thing I would say about it as well, for me, is that the fact that Rami Malek did sing some things and they mixed his voice into the sound recordings, but ultimately, but the thing is with Rant, but, but it was lip-synced. A lot of, for the majority of it, I, I mean, it is all lip sync. Like, you listen to the Bohemian Rhapsody soundtrack album, there is nothing by Rami Malik on that. I think the only time Rami Malik actually sings anything or says anything maybe is for like dialogue sections where he mixed his voice in for the dialogue bits where he'd be like, hey, oh, to the crowd and stuff like that, and said his little ad libs between the moments of singing. But the film is just him lip syncing. I'm sorry, but it is just him lip-syncing. Whereas Rocket Man, Taron Egerton, he doesn't try to impersonate Elton John as such, but he sings his own interpretations of the song. And whilst they do sound pretty close to what Elton John sounds like, or could have sounded like, it, he makes them his own version, and he sings them, and the cast sing them, and the songs are all reworked, like from Elton John's catalogue, are reworked to suit the mood of the film. There's different variations on certain songs as well that are really unique to Taron Egerton as a performer, as an actor. And Elton John, actually, I think I remember him saying in a press interview, didn't want someone just to be an Elton John impersonator. He wanted someone to just take the songs and make them their own. And I think Taron Egerton does that. He indulged himself. Taron Egerton became Elton John, immersed himself in the fantasy of these weird, wacky sequences that Dexter Fletcher put together visually and narratively. And that is why I think Rocket Man is much better than Bohemian Rhapsody. In my honest opinion, I'd rate it much higher. Yes, there's films out there that are much more high class than these two at all. But I think out of the two, Rocket Man is the better one. And it wins for me. Bohemian Rhapsody, not so much. And the other thing I'd like to say as well, we have an original song in Rocket Man, I'm Gonna Love Me Again, which features Elton John himself and Taron Egerton. And I think it's probably the most fun song I've ever heard on the end of, end of a credit sequence ever. It's just... Yeah, just really fun. Gets me toe-tapping, and I just really enjoy it. It's a fun-filled ride, Rocket Man, of fantasy musical drama. There's a few bits which are lacking in sort of a really good flow, so the fact that we introduce Renata, the wife, which arguably was a big part of his career, Elton John, and his life, and the sham marriage, it's very brief, and it's sort of dismissed as much, and I think that's, in a way, it's done to say, look... I admit that was a mistake. I don't want to talk about that too much. And we see him in the little support group where he's like, 
I shouldn't have done that. I, yeah, that kind of thing. His regrets are projected in that scene. That's kind of basing it on a subjective mind. You're pushing something aside you don't want to think about. So in a way, the fact that she wasn't a massive part of the film kind of works in a way. Whereas obviously we see the nature of a sham relationship, shall we say, in the Freddie Mercury, Mary Austin relationship, which is pushed throughout the entire film of Bohemian Rhapsody. And arguably, I would say you could easily end it within about 10 scenes. But there you go. That's my, just my personal opinion of it. Overall, Rocket Man, tour montage is really good. Rocket Man, the song, is just a really good interpretation of it. The fantasy sections where he's in another world, but still in the real world, really good. And the fabrication of different people between the films, the John Reed difference between them, I think that really is just a subjective thing. Bohemian Rhapsody, he was a background man. He was much more of a main figure for Elton John and Rocket Man. And then you have Mike Myers as a little cameo in Bohemian Rhapsody as this, I don't know, a kind of loosely based character on the EMI producer Roy Featherstone, uh, the character of Ray Foster, who actually, you know, Roy Featherstone really liked Queen. And yes, he said it was the Bohemian Rhapsody song was a bit long, but he did like them. And that's something else that, you know, it's always the world against Queen. That's what Bohemian Rhapsody does. Whereas the thing with Elton John in Rocket Man is addressing issues of drug addiction, alcohol addiction, sex addiction, complications of opening up as yourself and being who you truly are as a person, as a human being. Bohemian Rhapsody is a massive, strange thrill ride. I mean, you can watch it. It's watchable, but he lip syncs and there's several historical inaccuracies. And Rocket Man, highly enjoyable film overall. And Dexter Fletcher does a brilliant job. I think if Dexter Fletcher was in charge of the film of the Queen story, then I think that it might have been a bit better. But ultimately, Rocket Man wins for me as the top film out of this battle between Queen and Elton John. Bohemian Rhapsody? Nah. Rocket Man? 100% from the Tate 97 crew. So that's all I'm going to say now for my sort of comparison discussion of these two films, Bohemian Rhapsody and Rocket Man. I hope you've enjoyed listening to me ramble on about my theories and my ideas behind it and what I like and what I don't like. Please tune into the next episode. I look forward to bringing you some more in-depth discussions like this one. If you've enjoyed it, please let us know on our social media and I'll see you on the next episode, guys. So for now, that's a wrap on Take 97, the Queen vs. Elton John edition of the podcast, and I'll see you soon, guys. See you later. <laughs>